0: Good morning, Taylor. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, man. It's fun to be here. Of course. Um, We got to this, you have been someone that I've worked with for years, and you're with Urban Young Insurance. And I figured insurance is one of those parts of the real estate transaction that's sometimes overlooked. And one thing I really liked about what you guys have done is you have actually gone out of your way to take your insurance company and create sort of a model that works really well um, for real estate agents. But I want to start by, you know, tell us a little bit about you and sort of your life and kind of how you got to this point and your role within Urban Young.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, we've enjoyed working with you. Um, but yeah, but for me, man, before I was I was a basketball player, you know, I was a, a college student finishing out my basketball career at UCF and figured out real quick that that wasn't going to go to the next level. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to have to do this whole career and job thing. So, I remember that that summer that my dad was kind of looking at me sideways, thinking, "You know, this is going to end, right?" <laughs> so I kind of was looking for different things to do, and my brother was working as a producer at another agency uh, in Celebration. And after he did that about a year and a half, I was getting out of school. Stars aligned, and we decided we'd have this crazy idea that uh, you know him, myself, and partner Rod Herb would would start this this insurance thing. So really, no background in it, um, understanding that you know it is essentially like real estate, a people business, understanding people's needs. And that ultimately we kind of went on this quest and journey to to do something in it. And so that's, that's kind of what leads us today. So we started in 2011. I was 23 now, uh, uh, in my young thirties, no longer my late twenties at at 31. So that's, that's kind of
0: what, what we're doing now. It's okay. 30 is the new 20, right? Right. Yeah. No, I feel great. great. Um, one of the things that I really like, and I kind of want to get to some nuts and bolts about what you guys do, um, because my audience is going to be primarily real estate agents. And so the reason I started working with you guys, besides I would see you at some events, is um, you guys have a system that allows real estate agents to get quotes on homes very rapidly. I mean, like within a matter of minutes, sometimes I'm getting quotes back. Um, tell us a little bit about that and sort of the concerted effort that you guys took in going in that direction. Um, you have an email that people can send in, a quote. How does that work?
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you, digress a little bit of, of the why. Okay. Right? So we get started and, and you know, you're looking to build your business and you figure out really quickly who are, who are you actually serving. Mm-hmm. And of course you are serving the end customer, but for us we were serving real estate professionals. And so after years and years of working together with you know, mortgage professionals, real estate prof- just understanding of what they need, uh, at what point in the, the transaction is insurance typically involved? Usually mm-hmm. it's once somebody's under contract. Um, usually it's more towards the end of the process. And so you find out quickly that the timing's important, that turning around quick, accurate quotes is important. Uh, to equipping that agent to kind of facilitate for their buyer or give them an option that that can add more value upon that transaction, if that makes sense. And so really backing out and trying different things and working through, uh, we really centralized that system. So you mentioned, I mean, so for us, we have an email address, um that all of those type of quote requests come through. And then once they do, we have a team of agents that um, are fanatical about Getting all over those, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then furthermore, we really we try to invest in, in as much technology as we can. Um, so for us, we have four computers that literally don't have people working at them; they have quotes working constantly on them. So if it takes ten minutes to quote twenty different companies, we'll buy four computers, and it'll take us five. Mm-hmm. So that's just something we found it super super important that we're going to always invest in technology and people. Because for us, I mean, we started, it's a relationship business, um, but there's a convenience side to this new technology thing that is important to people too. So we try to blend the both, you know, as, as best we can. So that's kind of how that came about.
0: Sure. And I think, I think real estate professionals and mortgage professionals alike would probably benefit a lot from talking to a guy like you, because I don't think there's been a more um, obvious change towards technology-based industry than the insurance world. Um, In the sense that if we go back just, you know, probably five to 10 years ago, most of insurance was transacted by an agent, whether it was your auto insurance, whatever it was, it was transacted by an agent in an office. And we've kind of gone to this model, which like click button, get insurance. Um, So how's that challenge um, sort of been something that you overcome? Because obviously you guys are overcoming and, and you say you invest a lot into technology, but... Do you find people still have that desire to talk to the agent, to kind of get the options? Tell us why it's better for for someone to call you guys versus um, push button, get insurance.
1: It's a great question, right? Like some people have options. You know, there it's no longer a world that there is a few independent agencies in the town and When you need insurance, you go down the street. and No, like people have options. There's agencies uh, on every corner. This is a growing area. You can buy insurance through the direct channels like the Geico's of the world. Um, You can buy through a state farm, right? So like, and I don't pretend to say we're a better option, but here's something to consider. Um, I think one of the, throughout the, the transaction when you buy a home, Um, sometimes probably the best way to make long-term good decisions is to avoid some bad ones. And I think when you're you're looking at purchasing a home and you get to the insurance conversation, first you say, look, people are spending a lot of money on the transaction. So pricing is clearly important. So working with an independent agent, you can certainly get the choice which improves your pricing in a lot Mm -hmm. of standpoints. But then you say, well, I want to make sure I have really solid coverage because if I make this decision on the front end, I may not review my insurance for a few years, five, six years, maybe until I buy my next house, right? And you know those numbers better than I is, is how often people, um, you know, repurchase and buy another house. Was it once in every seven years?
0: Yeah, it? we're going through five to seven year cycle. So
1: that kind of thing. That's why I think I can appreciate is when you find somebody you like in your courting agencies and you're receiving quotes, is find somebody that you can trust that you feel comfortable working with long term. Because ultimately, you're making the decision for that day and for that closing, um, but you're also making the decision that a year and a half from now, something happens, uh, or you're changing something about your coverage, or you have a claim. Uh, you also want to have the confidence that you know, you've you taken care of it up front. And you don't know, right? Like You only buy insurance a couple of times in your life as a homeowner. So you're looking for to leverage their experience and have them give you stuff that maybe you should consider before you actually have to consider it, in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's that's part of what's so important in a real estate transaction. And I think I mentioned that in the podcast that I did with uh, Jen Miklos, is that if you make a bad decision up front, you're stuck with it for a very long time. Um, in the mortgage world, you're really, really stuck with it. <laughs> 30 years. Uh, yeah. Um, in the insurance world, you can sort of um, redo it every couple of years or how, however often it becomes. Um, it becomes time to renew that policy Um, which brings me to another point. I think one of the things that has been key for me working with you guys um, is in the real estate world now, um, it's been around forever, but specifically over the last few years, mortgage companies um, are selling those mortgages. Like the moment they write them, sometimes six months later, sometimes it goes to a different servicing company. And I've had this experience where the mortgage companies don't really keep track of who to send the insurance check to, um, I mean, the insurance companies don't know who, to, which mortgage company to send the insurance check to. The mortgage company is not really talking to the insurance company. And working with someone like you guys, you guys have been able to sort of like mitigate that for me and say, you know, Mario will take care of it. Give me the mortgage information that you have and, and we'll make sure that a check gets, gets there. We'll get right on top of it. Um, that's been a really good experience. And the The flip side to that is if you don't do this and you start getting these letters on the mail from your mortgage company saying, hey, we don't have coverage, they'll put forced-placed insurance, which is two or three times the cost of your normal insurance policy. And then that's a big problem.
1: Oh, that's expensive.
0: Yeah, I mean, good point. I mean, look, you have insurance companies and you have mortgage
1: companies. And those are two large entities. Right. You're dealing with a call center. You're dealing with a lot of transactions. So what we hope for in that service that you're you're mentioning is that we can be the human within that kind of the common sense mm-hmm. that may not be as common when you get in some of those larger transactional companies. Um, so we try to bridge the gap. We try to do the best we can to over-communicate and make sure that stuff gets paid on the renewal, especially your first renewal, right? So if you're going through a home closing, that mortgage company sells off your loan and then on that that renewal, if the insurance isn't updated, now you get, hey, what's this cancellation? You know, why didn't my mortgage come? I thought my insurance was escrowed, and now it's not. So, you know, we try to do our best to stay in front of that um, to kind of be the human in between two very, very large companies. But I will say, um, you know, and by the way, I love the, the Jen Miklos podcast. I found that very interesting. Mm-hmm. Big fan of her and, and what she does. And, um, you know, you just you just try to give people... Uh, counsel throughout the process and be there for them and then, and then not go anywhere once that process is over. Because that, that's really the beginning of the relationship, not the end of the transaction.
0: If someone's listening to this, how often do you think someone should reconsider shopping for their um, home insurance? Like if somebody's listening to this and saying, you know what, I don't even know who my insurance carrier is. Mm-hmm. Is that something that people can shop for year round? Like what, what sort, of, sort of what's the process there for the average person? Good question.
1: I think every, every customer is different, right? I'm probably a, an interesting customer, right? So my homeowners insurance, I, I look at it once a year. Um, I may call my agency to, mm-hmm. to relook at it, you know, but I may not, you know, it, it I may be satisfied with the company. I'm, maybe it goes up, maybe it doesn't. Um, but so I'll tell you once a year, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it takes us five to ten minutes to do what's called a remarket, mm-hmm. which is essentially look across the entire marketplace and making sure that you're within the realm of what's still competitive. Um, not all companies are created equal, so it's not always about finding the least expensive, but it's just making sure it's still competitive, right? Still, still getting some pretty valuable coverage for a, a fair price, um, and with a solid company. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we actually have a, a portion that we proactively remarket customers. So if rates are going up in Central Florida, Lake County is a little bit more protected, but in Orange County, rates seem to be going up mm-hmm. due to the amount of water damage losses that are happening. And that's a whole other side note. Um, but we proactively review that, that if it's going up over and above what seems to be what the market's demanding, that you can get a quote in your inbox proactively, you know, 45 days before your renewal um, so, you know, different agencies have different standards on that. And certainly we adopt the fact that we want to do that proactively when we can. Uh, but I think once a year is, is probably a good time to just call your agent up and say, Hey, am I still in the best spot? If not great. Um, I personally, I change my auto insurance. It seems like every three to four years, just the way the rates fluctuate. Um, and so, so hopefully that gives you a perspective.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah you mentioned in that little side note about the abundance of water damage in central Florida and the the rates going up. Um, how stressful is it for you guys when like a hurricane comes through? So like crazy, it's crazy. It, you know, it's all hands on deck. Right.
1: And I think that's important. And that's um,
0: before, during and after. Like It's,
1: it's everything right it, in the before part. The good thing about hurricanes, if there is a good thing, you see them coming. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and after we had been through a couple in the last few years mm-hmm. and actually getting in the industry in 2011, you know, we weren't a part of those, you know, mid 2000 crazy hurricane experiences. So we always kind of had that in our mind of what, how, and what we wanted to do to prepare our customer base and how we want to operate as a team. Because a lot of times, you know, your, your power goes out at the agency, right? You're in your house, just like everyone else hunkering down while this mm-hmm. is happening. Um, so proactively, you try to get, you know, the claims numbers up for these insurance companies who are there 24-7 out and about paying claims and people can directly uh, doing that. So before it's all about preparing, putting up landing pages on the website, blasting it out on your social media platforms, what people can do if they have damage and they have a claim. Um, during it, you're hunkering down just like everyone else and just scrambling to get the office open as quick as possible. And then after, you're just fielding a lot of claims. I mean, the phones are just ringing off the hook. And, you know, it's 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 sad to see what some people go through. It also gives a great nobility of what you do to be able to help somebody in a time where they really need your help. And so, you know, we take a lot of pride in that. And I think most insurance agents would agree.
0: Um, specifically, when it comes to real estate transactions, we have this, this box that goes over the state of floor that, you know, hurricane season begins and we have like, this box and sort of there's a named storm within anywhere right. like the cone is going to hit this. We're not longer binding insurance. Um, what, is that sort of like a universal across the board thing um, for all the insurance carrier? Does that vary from insurance carrier to insurance carrier? Like if there's a named storm out there, you know, do all companies say we're no longer binding insurance, or is, um, or is there a little more comprehensive approach? Say. You know, the hurricane track says it's going to go to Jacksonville. This box is gigantic. Can we still sure. close on a property in central Florida? Yeah. yeah. So
1: they, they think about it a little bit more sense-wise. With the technology that's out there and the storm trackers, companies will typically wait until it makes sense for them to close down. Mm-hmm. So if, if one's on in South Florida and you're looking to buy an insurance in Jacksonville, you'll likely still be able to do that you know, 24 to 48 hours before that storm is expected to hit. What they want to avoid is obviously people seeing a storm off the coast and calling in and haven't had insurance in a couple of years. And now they're calling to get coverage, right? So you have a lot of companies that don't allow that. And, you know, so in, in reality, you have these companies kind of a domino effect. It's like one starts closing, then the other starts closing. And especially when you're in the real estate business, you have a closing date, right? So you don't want that to be held up. And the storm may only be here for two days, but by the time it opens back up and you can get insurance and you can get improved in the underwriting with the mortgage process. So proactively, we try to get those binders out as early as possible in storm season. So if we'll typically bind coverage 15 days before closing outside of hurricane season, well, maybe we think about 20 to 25 days because you never know. Is there a
0: limit to that? Like how far in advance can you bind the coverage? Typically
1: 30 days. 30 days. Um, you know, there's so much to go on with appraisal and approval and and stuff that you know way more about. So mm-hmm. we try to get it as accurate as possible, and then get the binder
0: out when it's requested by typically the mortgage team. That's great. Um, do you have any thoughts on um one thing that I've noticed lately on the radio, sort of so there's a trend like, um you know, there's public adjusters that help people when there is insurance damage on their house. There's people that go straight to the insurance company. Do you have an opinion on that like what pe- what route should people go with like you know this, yeah. to me insurance is a very confusing world I'm in the real estate industry I deal with insurance all day long but when it comes time to have to deal with damage on my own sure. I always like I pull out the binding documents and then quickly yeah. I'm like hopefully I have <laughs> yeah and I'm like what is the, all of this and so what's your recommendation to the average person call you guys first maybe I mean I'm not sure
1: so it's a really good question right so Uh, welcome the call to us first, right? Because we can give a perspective that maybe the everyday customer and consumer doesn't have. Um, But there are a few things. So one, the recommendation is to own your claim like it is truly your claim, right? The documentation of your damage, um, the inventory of what you have, uh, the the responsibility and communication to the insurance company agency adjuster, right? Because ultimately, like if, if I go through a claim, it's, it's, I'm going to lean on professionals, but I'm going to really make sure this is my house. So I'm going to, I really want to make sure that I'm dialed in and organized because the more dialed in and organized I am, um, you know, that's, that's going to reciprocate. So, um, so a couple of things, you can go a couple of different routes. What I would avoid is, um, there's a form that really is, is in charge of rates going up in central Florida. It's called assignment of benefits. And what that is, is it really transfers the rights for you as a customer um, with the the homeowner's insurance companies and gives the rights to the policy as the contractor. So what the contractor spins it as is that I'm going to be able to work directly with your insurance company, right? We'll take this off your plate. I do this every day. This seems to make sense. Go ahead and sign this 40-page document. And my issue with that is the level of transparency, right? Anybody that's signing a document that's more than a couple pages or one sheet of paper makes me uncomfortable in the time of a loss, right? So we advise people to really, really be cautious of those assignment benefits form. Because if it's the wrong contractor, a claim that should be 10 grand could be looking to go to 100 grand. And the problem with that is if there's pushback from the insurance company because it's unreasonable or there's a fight, there's a debate you're kind of stuck in the middle of that as a customer saying, Hey guys, can you replace my roof? I'm just looking to get right back to square one so I can go to my job and, and continue to take care of my family. So this something to avoid big time is the assignment of benefits form. And when you have large hurricane losses and you have, you know, floods that come through or different things like that, it can sometimes bring out, you know, the contractors that come out of the woodwork and really look to get those forms signed when, in my opinion, they shouldn't. So, Um, you really want to be cautious of who you're working with a contractor. Um, you know, a lot of these insurance companies, if you file the claim directly with them, they'll have preferred vendors that are third parties, but they're typically very reputable. Mm -hmm. So that's a route that I, I recommend. And then, you know, I always say that, look, we're going to be here every step away of the claim. So if something doesn't go your way or something just is a gray area that you want to talk about, call us. But for the most part, the insurance company is going to be able to get that process started. Recommend some preferred vendors if you don't personally have one that you work with or you like. Uh, but just be cautious about what you sign, especially up front, because it can be a little bit of a rabbit hole.
0: When you say that the rates are increasing in a particular area because there's going to be an a, there's there's been an abundance of a particular type of claim, is that something that's more related to a natural disaster? Or is that sort of a man made disaster that everybody kind of? Figure out the one claim to do that gets them paid, even if it's a little frivolous. So I
1: could go down the insurance nerd rabbit hole, but I'll try to keep it you know, pretty sure. simple for your listeners. Um, so believe it or not, you know, the feedback that I've received over the years, the, the hurricane side of it, you know, the act of God losses, for the most part, the insurance companies, they purchase their own insurance for those type of events. And that's called reinsurance. So, those large losses are factored into the insurance that they buy. That over a certain amount of losses that they pay out, that's on the reinsurer, you know, the insurance company's insurance company, if you will, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? And then you have um, the other losses, water damage, right, um, are going to be under that reinsurance. That's going to be on the insurance company. That's, that's directly from their cash, directly from their surplus. So those are typically naturally smaller losses. So they're okay with going and shelling out, you know, under the deductible claims, paying out claims. That's coming from their direct cash. Well, what's happened in central Florida and Florida, and it's bleeding up from the Miami Dade
0: corridor that's Uh, so
1: prevalent with fraud and now coming to Tampa and it follows density, right? And now coming to Orlando and Orange County specifically. And so what happens is those contractors we talk about, you see more of them and you have thousands and thousands of claims that used to be a average of five to $8,500 water loss right now is 45, 50,000. There's an attorney involved. There's a, you know, whatever it may be, but it's just costing an insurance company directly from their surplus over and over again. And it's a battle that's being fought in Tallahassee. And so because of that, Uh, When these insurance companies are filing for their rates the year before, they look at it and, and rates go up based on the profitability that they're able to manage given those losses, if that makes sense.
0: So there is a factual truth to saying, you know, there's always been sort of like the South Florida part being the capital of fraud for the state of Florida for insurance stuff. And I remember living down there, you know, we're talking 15 years ago. And seeing it, you know, whether it was, you know, insurance jobs on in people's cars or whether it was like <laughs> yeah. after storms, people taking a a, a a finishing hammer nail hammer to their shingles or whatever, you know, right. like um, th- there is data that backs that up. There's data that says there's a lot of insurance fraud down there that, you know, and, and you guys can observe that.
1: Yeah. 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 So South Florida is an interesting place, you know, when it comes to insurance, I mean, whether it's medical health. Whatever it may be, it just seems like down there, there is a ton of fraud. And then, of course, that's coupled with the coastal exposure that you know hurricanes can bring. Uh, but if it was just the hurricane, it would still be, in my opinion, a healthier insurance market place down there. I think it's that coupled with the fraud. And it's not only on the home, it's on the auto side, too. So that has been, by the experts and the people that follow it from a, a direct claims standpoint, it follows density and it's kind of bled through uh, Tampa um, and, and now over here in Orange County, uh, most specifically when it comes to the water damage losses. So it's, you know, it's a big fight from the insurance company to, to make sure that they can pay out claims reasonably, but they can still operate and make money in this area and these zip codes. And if a company can make money, it's not a bad thing, right? You want company to be able to stay healthy because it allows them to offer competitive rates.
0: And it's a service that you want to be able to have there if you need it. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Interesting enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what we don't want to happen is that it gets so cost prohibitive that people stop start canceling insurance and then something does happen and they have no coverage. That seems to me like sort of the perfect storm of bad, no pun intended on the storm part.
1: Yeah, it is. You you, you want to fight for the consumer and the customer. You and I buy homeowners insurance. We buy car insurance. So we want it to be affordable. Um, from the insurance company's perspective, we want to, in Florida, create a marketplace that is desirable for an insurance company to come right business and offer fair coverage at a fair price because that creates competition, that creates a healthy marketplace that's gonna ultimately keep rates stable. If it's one way or the other, that becomes a challenge. And I think that's what's going on right now.
0: Um segueing a little bit, um getting away a little bit from fraud, um, but segueing <laughs> a little bit into the real estate market. Um I, I did wanna say, you know, one of the things that I'm using lately as um when so when we're putting together an offer to send to a listing agent, oftentimes what I'm doing is I'm going to the quotes at urbanyoung.com young, urban or urbanyounginsurance.com.
1: Yeah. Quote at urbanyoung.com?
0: Quotes are at urbanyoung.com. And so um, what I'm doing is I'm getting a quote on the, for the insurance on the house up front so that the mortgage company can do um, sort of the numbers and the, the quoting out the specific payment for that house based on a real quote, not an estimate. And then when I send my offer to the listing agent, I'm attaching that quote in there and I'm saying, hey, we are, here's our offer, here's our mortgage pre-approval, and here's our quote from the insurance company. And so the feedback that I've gotten so far is that is really good information. Like the listing agents feel more, much more confident because now your level of proactivity um, when you're submitting this offer, it's through the roof. No other agent is doing that conversely, on the selling side, when I'm receiving an offer, I'm also getting a quote from you guys based on this, you know, like general criteria. And I'm sending that back to the buyer's agent. And I'm saying, hey, by the way, here's some insurance quotes for this house. That way um, there's no smoke and mirrors about what that cost may be two weeks down the road that throw somebody's loan off kilter and they have to cancel. Um, So I just kind of wanted to share that for the people that are listening to this that are in the real estate industry like how can i benefit from this those are two very distinct specific ways a real estate agent can use the service that you guys provide to um, to do very fast quotes to make their offers look better and to make their sellers more comfortable with with offers when they come in
1: yeah it's phenomenal And, and what you're looking at and you're saying hey look how many how can i add more value to my buyer or seller and, and, and that's one of the things that you say, hey, look, well, if I get ahead of this problem, I know they're going to have to solve. They're going to have to buy homeowner's insurance. Um, then I can do that. And that's, that's great. Um, and so, yeah, it's a way you can ultimately add more value to the process. And you can uh, make it a more seamless process, you know, rather than getting to that point and it being another 10 days before they find a, you know, insurance quote. You've already kind of provided that to take uh, that to the next step. So, yeah, the, you 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 want to work with an agent, in my opinion, because of that. Um, and then also, the quick quotes are also very accurate. The, the, the technology that's around these days, you're getting real numbers, and you're also getting ahead any issues that if there's something a little quirky about the house, whether it's a wiring, it's a plumbing, it's a flood zone, you can truly understand as the real estate agent how that impacts. The process it could be an older roof. Is it a deal breaker, or is there just less options for the buyer? If they do have less options, what are those? What does that mean to the buyer? And how can I get ahead of those to make sure that you know I'm continuing to set proper expectations as a real estate professional that you know maybe is outside of the scope, but is adding way way more value to my buyer and seller.
0: Yeah, and so um, I, I definitely want to thank you guys for doing that because it's. It provides a, a level of comfort to the transaction that's very much needed nowadays. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about sort of getting a little bit away from the insurance side, but you know, you mentioned you played basketball in UCF. You're still involved with the basketball program. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's fun, it's a good year. Um, yeah, so I, I played there 06 to 11, mm-hmm. and um, I shirt sure, by the way. That's the longest you can play a college sport is five years. Um, so I came out kicking and screaming with, with bad knees and bad ankles. Did you try
0: to do like a fake birth certificate to go back? (laughs) Right. They're like,
1: dude, you're still here. You're 23. Um, so yeah, yeah. I came out of that. And then at that same time, um, you know, the, the radio analyst, Mark Daniels, who's been calling UCF basketball, baseball, and football for, I think now 24 years, you know, he's. Big and uh, I think he's on. He's got a show on seven forty nine to twelve. So he's a stud, and he invited me to to, to give my hand and, and try try this color analyst thing for the UCF basketball games. So I had a friend that was getting out of it, going back into coaching. I had the opportunity back in twenty eleven, um, and to this day, I, so I still do all the home games and some of the away games that are close enough to drive. So I'm still able to kind of do my professional thing but get that basketball scratch uh or it's scratched and really now UCF getting the national attention they are from a basketball perspective is just super fun for me as, as a fan and somebody who's been a part of that program for a while so if someone
0: is listening to this and your voice sounds familiar to them it's probably because they're listening to the UCF home games
1: yeah that would be that would be right and if you are let me know when you come out to a game I always enjoy uh getting somebody out there for the first time and uh, and or a fan that's been a UCF basketball fan for a long time. So It's a, it's a special venue, and I think this team's special this year, so it's fun.
0: Very cool. Um, thank you so much for doing this, Taylor. Um, I think a lot of people will get a lot of value from this. Um, we've already mentioned the email a few times for the quotes, but what's your website? It's www.urbandyoung.com all spelled out, and that's E-R-B.
1: And so you mentioned it's quote at com. Yeah, hit us up or find somebody that can deliver that kind of value. But it's been a pleasure just hanging out and chatting a little bit.
0: Very good. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks, Mario.